Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we have a very special corner booth today because we've got John Edwards here. Yes, right? hello. Just a guy in the pew, but now he's just a guy in the booth. <laughs> that's right. Joining I, I, us. I'm just a guy wherever you want me, Jeff. <laughs> that's exactly. I'm so happy that you're here. And we also, you brought a friend along. I did. I did. I brought a very good friend of mine, and I'm so happy he's here with us today. That's right. Bill Donahue. So tell me all about Bill, because I don't really know Bill that well, but I have no, I know of him. Yeah, Bill's Not amazing. just from the pictures in the post office, either. It's like it's good stuff. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, Bill's an amazing human being. He's a friend of mine. Uh, we work together at Cardinal Studios. Uh, he has co-authored Rise, the 30-Day Challenge for Men with Chris Stefanik. Uh, his full-time job is at the Theology Bill's just nodding to all this stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. He's an like, amazing guy. Keep Here's going. my list of accomplishments. <laughs> no, but, no, he's a very humble guy, and he serves the Lord very well all over the world, uh, teaching and bringing John Paul II's uh, Theology of the Body to people around the world. That's awesome stuff. So uh, you're also involved in the Theology of the Body Institute. Sure. Yes, I'm a senior. Well, the fancy title is Senior Lecturer. And content specialist for the Theology of the Body Institute. Content so, yeah. specialist. Yes. Do you have like a lot of, a lot of like, like Velcro on your outfit there because you're a content specialist? Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Pamphlets, yeah. things like that. I could just strip off and throw at people. That That's the awesome. best way to evangelize. <laughs> yeah. I just right. throw a pamphlet People are very receptive when the pamphlet actually sticks to their forehead. Yes, right? Yes. Well, we have adhesive on it. But anyway. <laughs> well, very good. So, Bill, welcome to the uh, luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And uh, I know you've admired our Naga hide here, and you're so uh, happy to be here with us. We're happy to have you and i thought maybe a good topic since you are so well versed in so many different things but especially theology of the body um things about marriage um it's just uh, the, the the fullness of being human uh, mm. and, and all those aspects and how wonderful that is i wondered if we wanted to do a little show about uh, talk about marriage like the covenant of marriage and maybe kind of relating it to theology of body in a way that sure. would help some of our listeners know I, I you don't have to look very far to see a lot of brokenness and a lot of pain mm-hmm. yeah. right i mean it's mm-hmm. just it is it's everywhere uh, you know i work at a school and it's amazing the number of um well whether it's uh you know step this and step that uh, grandparents picking up kids and uh you know mm-hmm. it's dad's weekend or mom's weekend and I, I feel the pain there and there's just a lot of kids growing up in sort of brokenness yeah uh and just trying to do the best they can mm-hmm. and coming to a catholic school and we're trying to help them see the light you know as it were but uh, maybe we could talk to some of our listeners today about just the beauty and the gift of marriage, what marriage actually is, what it was intended to be, and how maybe we've gone a little bit astray and how we can get back on track. Yeah, I mean, the, that's literally the story of my life is <laughs> coming to Theology of the Body through the brokenness of my parents' divorce. Wow. I was 15 years old. Uh, it was about 1986. And um, 1985, I think, my parents divorced. Feeling the the shambles, you know, of this thing falling apart. This this cohesive unit that I grew up in. For but did you know years. that was happening? Like while it was happening, yes. you, was the shambles happening? Uh, I saw things you? as kids, and you know, people know kids pick things up. They pick it up through oh, yeah. what's said, what's not said, through body language. And uh, you know, my brother and I were feeling these tremors in the home, and just this awareness that something's off. And that shakes you to your core, you know. Uh, you know, as a 50-year-old man, now looking back, I, I feel more empathetically the pain of my parents and what they both went through and both yeah. having struggles and issues. And But as a 15-year-old, you're just, what's happening? 
you know, the, the, yeah. the very blueprint of my family, like my own identity is being shredded. And uh, my father had a conversion moment. We were cradle Catholics, went to mass every Sunday, right. went to Sunday school. That was about it, bare minimum. And uh, this divorce shook the foundations. And um, my father had this reawakening to his faith. So that year we had this experience of my father's own reversion. My brother and I, uh, there's a lot to the story here, but essentially my my brother and I grew up with dad, which it was back in the 80s. I and mean, it was a different thing that the kids yeah. would grow up with dad. But all, all the hands of God, you know, um, we found ourselves going to Fatima, Portugal, to the wow. shrine of Our Lady. That is a, and, he did have a little reversion there. Oh, yeah, experience. it was it was really hardcore. And my, the reality of God hit me. It was palpable. You know, walking through the hamlet of Fatima, Portugal, Our Lady's presence just dripping everywhere, so thick, peace everywhere. And I'm just, whoa, God is real. God is real. And um, there was a moment where at a Catholic bookstore. How old you were? I'm you 15. Wow, now, so I'm, now, about, now I'm about 16 years old. 16 years old. I'm in a Catholic bookstore with my now. dad. This is, the show's not this long. Just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. all this is Let happening. me go to the microwave version. <laughs> <laughs> but my first encounter with Theology of the Body, John Paul's epic catechesis on mm-hmm. human love, human life, marriage and family, he delivered it from 1979 to 1984. I'm in a Catholic bookstore in 1986, and I see the first printed copies of his talks on Theology of the Body. The Daughters of St. Paul put it out. The first title... The original unity of man and woman. 16 years old, I grab the book. My, I'm experiencing the disunity of the man and woman in my life. Right. I see original unity of man and woman. I grab the book. I start looking at it. And it's, you know, the, the beauty of the body in the beginning. The original nakedness we were made in. The call to communion and love. The man and the woman see. They know each other with all the peace of the interior gaze. And I'm looking at the cover. Pope John Paul II. What is this? And it stirred my heart. Wow. Uh, it got Dense theologically and philosophically, uh, and I was 16 years old. Okay, I'm going to be so honest I, with you. Th- those that that early translation was rough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, coming I, from the Polish to the Italian to the English. Yeah, but but phrases, words, images about the goodness and beauty of the body, the meaning of sexuality. That's what struck the chord. I didn't finish reading the text at that time. I was eagerly awaiting Return of the Jedi. I was going to say, I was reading Spider-Man. So. Yeah, right? I'm like, now, is Darth Vader really Luke's Pope, father? That's what occupied my mind. Yeah. Pope but, John Paul II didn't have anything to do with Star Wars, right? I, 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 that was so. not his know. work. I so I just want to be clear to the listeners to so <laughs> make sure they don't get misled. I don't know. It's true. <laughs> right. Well, you know, Yoda in Star Wars said, we are not this crude matter. Luminous beings are we. That's actually heresy. <laughs> there you go. We'll forgive Yoda. But Theology of the Body... Right. John right. Edwards is flipping out because we're quoting Star Wars is, right now. I, I, this is awesome. I'm just, I just want to take this in. Best podcast ever. <laughs> but those, those themes, those visions, those images of the body and marriage, what it's supposed to be as a, as a kid coming from divorce. And my prayer every night, Deacon Jeff, was, this is, this is true. My prayer every night, bring them back together, Lord. Bring my wow. mom and dad back together. Bring the man and woman in my life back together again. And they didn't. They didn't come back together again. It's been a. It's been an ache and a wound. As anyone listening who suffered divorce, it's it's been there for decades. But I look back at the hand of God on all this. What is my vocation now? For almost nineteen years, traveling the world, talking in parishes to people from all walks of life. What is my constant thing? I'm talking about bringing the man and the woman back together again. Wow. I'm talking about bringing man and woman, marriage and family, back to center stage to help us to see this is God's plan. So I look back in amazement, like, wow, Lord, you, I'm riding this wave of grace, and I just praise you for putting me on it. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. And I don't think we all, well, two things. I don't think that people realize just quite how profound his theology of the body 
was and is right. and continue, when continue to be. Uh, but the other thing is, I, I don't know, uh, I'm sure you've realized this at this point in your life, but because you said, you mentioned like, well, I didn't finish all of the, the book. Right. But I mean, and I was getting ready to say right then and there was like, well, God had, he was planting seeds. Yes. Right. And so now you mm-hmm. see uh, come oh, to yeah. fruition, those seeds that were planted right. uh, in you uh, and amazing things. Uh, then God can do amazing things in in the the trees that He's He's planted here, sure. you know. And we exactly. come and we bear fruit. And How you got to be patient. I think let it let it take root and let it grow. I mean, the, the those themes that were seed in seed form laid in my heart as a teenager. I saw the shift. I saw suddenly, whoa! This God is not just the lawgiver; He's this lover, and He wrote this song of songs into our flesh. So that we can see how much he loves us. Not just he wants to give us laws. He sees, we can see how much he loves us by looking at the dance of man and woman. Right. And today, as a married man, 16 years, with four kiddos, um, one in heaven, four on earth, I'm just like, Lord, wow, this dance, it's wild. And in it, I f- lose myself, I find myself, I'm challenged every day to become gift, which is John Paul II's whole thesis, that yeah. the human person is here to become a gift. Receive gift, become a gift. And sometimes it burns, it purifies, as anybody listening can attest, right? This whole, we're in the crucible of community, the family, that's what it is. And it's like purifying us, but man, I wouldn't change it for the world. And Deacon, I wouldn't change my past. If anyone's listening from who suffered divorce, who's in the midst of some pain right now, trust it in seed form. If we're open, God's doing amazing stuff in and through everything around us especially and, you know, those relationships we're we're really the 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 sum of all the moments that we've experienced in life right mm-hmm. and so you wouldn't be sitting here right now on that microphone had you not been uh through all those various moments and and the many more countless moments you've experienced in life so even the even the moments of grief the moments of sadness sorrow anger bitterness pain mm-hmm. suffering but then also the joy the victories the all the great stuff right those all come together to make Bill, Bill. Exactly. Right. I mean, it, and that is the thing we all, I think, need to think about every single day. And and you can be tempted to regret, live in the past, and, oh, if I'd only done that, you know, I should have done this, I should have done that. My my Irish father says, uh, my old Irish father, don't should all over yourself, Bill. <laughs> right? Don't think, should I this, should I that. Say it slower so it we is, our listeners. <laughs> make sure that they get that word. Because the, there's a guy at EWTM with his finger right. on a button. He's getting ready to drop it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just did like six times. <laughs> the point being, right? Right? Don't God culminates in the present moment. He's here now in this moment. And if you go to tinker with the past, you're going to screw up everything. I mean, right. I, I praise God. It's like I take my hands off the wheel. Lord, have your way with me. Now that's dangerous prayer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord, yeah. have your way with me. But um, His plan's more glorious, even with the broken bits. Right? Yeah. You, you know, he, he carves out valleys so that you, you you know you get the better view of the mountain. The whole thing it works. Yeah, I've experienced it. You've experienced it. Sure. And. uh interestingly all of it happens in and through our bodies that's john paul's meditation this theology of the body there's a word about god in our flesh in our relationships every single one of them and like it's right outside it's right outside the door isn't that amazing yeah, yeah. right now right here we're starting and again i'm just i'm thinking about you know john chapter one you know and, the, and word made flesh you know we see the connection between word and flesh and mm-hmm. that's what god did to come and save us, but at the same time, he's here with us now, and our flesh becomes that word, and we're yes. connected in all that way. That's that's powerful stuff. It's deep, you know. And we, you know, we're coming on. Um, well, I don't know when the recording goes out, but we're coming on Christmas. This will come out in twenty twenty three. 
Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'll be sure not to tweet backlog. about it. <laughs> but the word becomes flesh. The simplest little sentence in the world, right? Pope Benedict says, when the word becomes flesh, the flesh is called to become word. So here's the whole dynamic. And where do we see that big theological thought? Human love. I, I become a gift for you and I speak a word of love for you and you receive it and you give it back. The, the whole culture would transform if we could become this open and receptive to, to every person and really allow ourselves to slow down and look at people and really share authentic love. Not fake, but authentic love. I'm sincerely wanting to be a gift for you. You're a gift for me. Amen. Yeah. I, I, you know, well, in this segment here, we got to go to a break. But before we do that, I, I do, uh, I, it just brings to mind the times I've done marriage prep. And when I'm talking to this a little blushing bride and this this handsome groom, you know, and they're just they're they're getting all ready for this new life. And hmm. you start talking like that, and both of them start getting they their mm-hmm. eyes well up with tears because yeah. they for, maybe for the first time they really heard all of that stuff and they start realizing there's something way more than the honeymoon night. I mean, there's something way more than just tolerating or living with somebody and having a few kids and building up a nice bankroll and mm-hmm. getting a nice house. Yeah. It's just they suddenly realize that wow, there's there's actually a purpose to my being here. Right. And that, that purpose is going to be fulfilled in the other. Before the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's really cool stuff. Uh, we're talking to Bill Donahue and also John Edwards, uh, who, you know, just kind of came along. He wasn't really invited, <laughs> but he invited himself into the booth. But he's welcome, and I'm kidding. Hey, man, there's I, a ticket for two. There's I, a ticket for two. He's going to drop some truth on us. Amen. Right. No, no, I did invite him in here. But uh, uh, we're going to talk more after this break. But before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Just send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Also, uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram and whatever other little social media things that we've got our little uh, you know minions working on uh, in our IT department. It's just me, by the way. Uh, Airplane with a banner. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. How do we determine that we are following God's will? Perhaps if it is virtuous, then God wants us to do it. But if it is a pious, good, and virtuous act, is that enough to tell us that God has willed it to be done, and it is what He wants for us? This can get tricky. But St. Ignatius of Loyola can help. St. Ignatius of Loyola was a Spanish saint born in the late 15th century who became the principal founder and the first superior general of the Society of Jesus, better known as the Jesuits. St. Ignatius devised a simple test for determining God's will in our lives. He tells us that we must look at the fruits of what we are doing. That will tell us whether or not God willed it to be done. If it has good fruits, peace, harmony, and happiness, then it is more likely that we are following the will of God. If it has bad fruits, discord, pain, and disharmony, then it is more likely that we are not properly discerning God's will in our lives. A man wakes at 4 a.m. every day and spends four hours in prayer, which would ordinarily be viewed as a virtuous act. But if he is married, he may encounter a wife who becomes angered by the fact that he is no longer helping her get the household ready for the day, making breakfast and bathing and dressing the children. St. Ignatius would tell us that because of the bad fruits of his morning ritual, the upset wife, the disharmony in the household, the man might be being influenced by the evil one, Satan, 
who often comes to us in the guise of light. St. Ignatius would suggest that if the same man prayed the same amount, but at times of the day more in accord with his family's schedule, the fruits might very well include a more harmonious household and a happier wife. Thus, St. Ignatius would tell us that this was truly following the will of God. So often in our daily lives, we need affirmation that the road we have chosen was indeed the one that God had intended us to take. While the world may tell us one thing about the choices we make, the fruits of those choices cannot lie. We need only to take the time to examine our actions and their results to determine if God was truly served in carrying them out. Because of his life dedicated to the good fruits of a faith-filled life in Christ, St. Ignatius was canonized a saint in the year 1622. His feast day is July 31st. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. Now we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff talking to John, Johnny Awesome. That's right. Edwards. That's, that's your words, not mine. Every time I get a chance, I'm going to say Johnny Awesome. Oh, so, hey, I'm just are. worried about how to keep my legs on this table. There's three men that are like six foot five at this time. Yeah, table. and what I'm also I'm worried about is both of you, Bill Donahue, yeah. uh, joining us as well. Sure. Both of you got those kind of you know, lumber sexual beards going, the yeah. man, master yeah. of the universe kind of beards. Mine, I don't have that. I mine feel, comes off. I hang it on the door oh. and I come in with the yeah, keys. Yeah, beard envy, Deacon. Beard envy. Yeah. That's a thing. That is, it is right. a thing. Yeah. It is a thing. Well, Bill, so we're talking about uh, marriage. We kind of talked about some of the brokenness in marriage. And I wonder if we might want to talk, just to spend a little time, just why does that happen? Mm. I mean, don't tell me about the Garden of Eden and there was just one, you know, don't eat that fruit. Next thing you know, there's divorce. <laughs> right. Uh, I wonder if Adam and Eve got divorced. I don't know, because uh, that's well, probably uh, the, you know, could have happened. That yeah. is the original divorce, actually. Well, there, were some, there were some folks over in Nod. We don't know where they came from, that land of Nod. <laughs> the land of Nod. Yeah, so those are like in-laws or step-somebody. Sure. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Mitigators. But, so, like, I know that there's so much brokenness in the world, and we can't just say, well, it's just the way it's going to be. There's going to be brokenness. I mean, what, you, what, what causes that? Yeah, am I, you know, so I've been pondering John Paul... His thought, his the, his theological anthropology, all this stuff yeah. for uh, my life, my whole life since I was. You are a content specialist. <laughs> <laughs> Your job is to do that. Yes. Thankfully, thankfully, there are people like you, you know, that do that for me. Awesome. Well, you know what? So when I think about it and try to purify it and go down to the basics here, God is communion. That's who God is. He, John Paul says, God is not a solitude. God is a family. He's mm. a communion yeah, of persons. Yeah. And uh, communion means I give my whole self to another. The other receives me and and gives back, and that's life. The the life of the Trinity is all this communion. That's hard to live. And in the very beginning, we got to go back, Deacon. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's one who isolated himself from communion because he just didn't want to give his whole self, and that's Satan. That's the evil one, Lucifer. He, He literally lives in isolation. And so from the very beginning, he's trying to isolate us. He strikes this divide, this divorce between Adam and Eve. He isolates her and talks to her, right? Separating her from the man. And I think, you know, why, why is all this divorce happening? Because becoming a complete gift is really difficult. To love as God loves, to not think about myself, to say, I'm all for you. 
right? I want to give myself to you and fall in love. Think about the uncontrollability about that, right? right. Like I'm falling. falling. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What about me? What's happened to my freedom, my likes, my personality, me, 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 me. <laughs> it's scary. And so we grab onto me and we don't give our whole self. And the devil's constantly trying, yeah, you'll be happier. Isolate yourself. Put yourself in your own little Wi-Fi network. Get your little frappe there and you do you and, and, and I'll do me. And it's just isolation. And it looks attractive because you've got your own control. You've got your peace on demand, right? It's like the old Seinfeld episode, Serenity Now. (laughs) Serenity Now. But press into that and it's not a happy place at all. So I think we keep buying a lie that goes all the way back to Genesis 3 that you'll be happier if you, you, you got control. You do it your way, right? Dr. Peter Kraft says the soundtrack of hell is... Sinatra's I did it my way <laughs> um, Heaven's all about the we The complete gift And uh, I think it's the, it's the Purification that happens there That is just so scary to us But those who leap I think find love Like find authentic love And God's given us all through our lives My life, I look at my own life There's these moments where he's like You could kind of stay back here And just try to plan it all out Or you could just trust me and take a leap and every single time I leap, I feel better. The heart breaks, you know, the ground falls right. underneath sometimes, but you're like, whoa, wow, whoa. And, you know, sharing in the first half of our, uh, the episode here about the brokenness of the divorce and the pain and there's other stuff, it's like, uh, it's okay. God works wonders with the brokenness. Yeah. He makes, it's like the mosaics are made of thousands of bits of broken glass and colored stuff. Scattered all out. It's like, what the, you know, but then when you look at it in the light, wow, Lord. This is incredible. Oh, happy fault of Adam, right? Felix oh, I know, Kulpa. I know. And yeah. you saw me, ultimately, it was brokenness that fixed us, right? I mean, yeah. being broken on the cross. Exactly. Right, that we were saved through that brokenness. And so it's like, well, okay, then it's okay that I'm broken. Yes, in right? fact. I'm part of God's plan of salvation. And it's essential sure. that we give the brokenness to him, right? I think St. Faustina received this word from Jesus. Tell aching mankind to snuggle close to my sacred heart. Uh. Snuggle, right? With all of our junk, he says, give, them, give me all of your wounds, all of your sin. I'll burn it up on the altar of my love. But we keep feeling like, I got to have it all together. I got to be perfect. Right. I got to make sure everything's fine. I got to wash my hands with this, you know, the, the whatever. <laughs> so I'm clean and neat. And then I'll, no, he, 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 our frailty, our brokenness, our wounds, it's what he loves. He's drawn to it. Yeah. Yeah, just to be vulnerable get that. like him on the cross. Yes, the vulnerability. Yeah. And he's showing us, I mean, in our churches, our schools, our houses, we have crucifixes of this broken man, arms wide open, so vulnerable. And yet we still think, I got to have it all together. I got to be in clinic. No, surrender. And that makes communion happen. Uh, you know, I remember a conversation with my wife now, um, Rebecca, when we were um, dating each other and getting really serious. And I think we're maybe at this point we're engaged. And each of us had junk, brokenness. Mm-hmm. And we realized, like, but we're going to get married. We're going to give it all. We've got to open up the closet here, this dark closet. Yeah. And I'm not proud of it. And can we have a conversation? I can literally go back to that day. I can, I can see the room we were in, the light coming through the window, the moment we sat down wow. on the couch and we each shared. I re- it was that visceral. And when I opened up the brokenness, because I wanted to become a real gift for her, the burden, like, it fell on her. And she said, that's it. I love you. Wow. And she, yeah. in her turn, gave it back. And I said, that's it? I love you. When you open the broken... It would have been awful if you just said, oh, no, that's too... I'm do this when I get home. No, that, <laughs> that part is so beautiful. I know that I've, I mean, I've talked to people who, uh, and myself in my own experience, when you, when you like, like admit something, 
and because you, you hold on to it, mm-hmm. in, interiorly it's a monster. It festers. It, you it have festers. no idea how big it is, and it's just an unimaginable mm-hmm. pain, weight, burden. And then when it comes out, it's like this little beep that kind of bounces out of your mouth, and you're like, "Is that yep. all that is?" It's a little pip, little, little then, thing. Yeah, it's 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 quantifiable. I can look at it sitting there on the table, and the reality is, um, it's and that's easier to forgive. Yes. Right than the thing that you that you hold in. So right. when you when you get that stuff, I'll say off your chest. That's an old expression. But right. when you do that, it's amazing how that liberates you. Yeah, exactly. The peace that comes real, with it. You realize when you know Jesus came to set us free, right from from what is burdening us. Right. So um, we've got a few minutes left. Let's. People are in the midst of brokenness. I mean, what's what's the what's the fix all? This is what people have tuned in go. for this for this moment, Bill. This is it. You've got the answer. <laughs> this is going to be anticlimactic. Wow. And now a commercial break. Brought to you by Gibson's Donuts. That's right. There you go. <laughs> I, you know, here's my experience. And I, you know, there's been mentors in my life. John Paul being one of the greats. Uh, Fulton Sheen. Um, Carol Hauslander. Peter Kraft. Like big spiritual writers. They Deacon also, Jeff. Deacon Jeff I is just a rock star in my world. <laughs> right. um, is it Jeff? It's Deacon Jeff? Is that your name? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, here's your 20. <laughs> but I, it's, it's silence and stillness and trust and opening the door and adoration. Like when I think about how the healing began, it was quiet walks, looking up at the Father. It was going to adoration and, mm. and letting, like it's like spiritual chemotherapy. Just letting unconditional love radiate and just burn off the junk. And then mm. trying to live more. It's actually, I'm talking about this, like the Eucharist as a school. When we look at our Lord in the Eucharist, he's silent. He's stripped down to nothing, right? right. He's completely vulnerable and he's broken and poured out. He's doing this in the Eucharist all the time. And I'm realizing like, this is how I should live. Uncluttered, open, vulnerable. And the more Eucharistic you can be, it's just uh, an uncluttered life. This is a big buzz in the culture right now, right? Like, um, I forget the lady's name. She's got the reality show about uncluttering and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, hold on to only what sparks joy. I forget her name. I don't watch TV. Good for you. <laughs> he only goes to I think someone's not telling the truth. <laughs> you can stare at the TV or the tabernacle. Choose wisely. <laughs> That's right. But, um, like, this idea is attractive today, right? Because we want to be simpler. So for me, anyway, it's it's about it's a get it's about getting into that fortress of solitude first thing in the morning where I'm loved by my Father, I find that stillness, and then I'm ready to receive, and then I can give, and it slowly starts healing wounds. It fills in the void. I don't, you know, you try not to fall into frenetic activity where my identity is somewhere else. Right. But just, but this is hard today, right? It's really hard because we think well, I, that's not really going to work. Jesus, well, I tried Jesus, not really, right? Amen. Great advice. A great place to start. And you're not in isolation at adoration. You're no, not there alone. No, you're in communion. Amen. Holy Amen. communion. Amen. That sounds beautiful. Bill Donahue, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. John Edwards, thanks for being yeah. here. Pleasure. And you know what? We're going to give this all to the Blessed Mother. She's going to take it to her son. Amen. All right. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.